Welcome to the 100% Finance Podcast with Juan Pablo, the podcast where we will show you how to get income-producing assets like real estate and businesses with little to no money out of your pocket so you can say goodbye to the 9 to 5 and be financially free. Here's your host, Mr. Cashflow, Mr. Credit Repair, Mr. Business Credit, Mr. Buy and Hold Until the Wheels Fall Off, the People's Mentor, Juan Pablo! Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Juan Pablo from the 100% Finance Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, on today's recorded call, I have a good friend with me, uh, of mine. His name is Jabari Sales. He's an um, online entrepreneur, businessman, and he's going to help us uh, cover the topic of online marketing and online businesses. So, uh, what's up, Jabari? Man, why are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well, man. How's, how's things been? All is well. I'm no complaints at all. All right, cool. So, um, how we know each other, Jabari? Or how long have we been knowing each other as well? For quite a while. Um, I guess it goes back to really, what, middle school? Um, that, that age? Um, I know we used to, you know, get together, play basketball, and just, you know, do things the kids did at that, at that age. And then later on, um, we both ended up going to uh, becoming members of the same fraternity, uh, Kappa Alpha Psi. So, you know, mm-hmm. knowing each other for a little while now. Yeah, he forgot to leave out some details in that in that um, history. Um, not that we used to just play basketball. I used to beat him at basketball. I, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I, I, as soon as you went back to it, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I used to go I, to you guys' neighborhood and we used to play. You know, it was kind of like yeah. the neighborhood I was from against the neighborhood he was from. So it was yeah. good times. And we also went to, uh, I think, besides middle school, we went to college. At uh, Clayton State University, I ended yep. up transferring, but uh, we ended up pledging, you know, the same frat as well, and we're both into online business, man, so it's like a small world, right? It is, man, it is. All right, so, so speaking about um, online businesses, can you tell us a little bit about um, your business and what you do online? Absolutely. I, I have a online business that sells apparel and accessories for Greek organizations. So um, I primarily focus on fraternities and sororities, um, and I focus on the various different apparel types and the accessories from everything from uh, things to put on your car to jewelry to, you know, bracelets. Um, It really just varies depending on the organization. Yeah, T-shirts, jackets, all that good stuff. And it's good quality stuff. I'm actually a uh, customer of his as well. And I uh, just got my package over the weekend for uh, this Christmas break. Much appreciated, man. So I'll give a shout-out to um, Jabari. And what's your website again? It's GreekDynasty.com, and I definitely appreciate the business more. All right, no problem, no problem. So um, so you told us a little bit about what you do online. Can you tell us about how you got started, like how this whole thing came into being? Well, the business has, has um, changed quite a bit from what it initially um, started off as. I started off right after I pledged, I started wrapping canes. I started selling them to, um, you know, a few fraternity brothers that I knew who didn't really want the, um, didn't really want to have to wrap their own canes. And so I took that and then realized it was um, a desire for it, and I started trying to advertise them online. I came up with a real makeshift website after I, I put a couple of them on eBay and were able to sell them on eBay. So the initial website just sold those canes, and that was pretty much it. I had a couple of different designs, and, and that's, how it's, that's how the business stayed for about three years. 
And after about three years, I started realizing that there were, was desires for, you know, more. People wanted more. But I was still just focused on one organization and just on canes. So I started to focus again on more variety. So I started adding a couple of T-shirts, uh, maybe a necklace, you know, just different things that I wasn't offering when I, I just had canes on the website. And people started buying them. So as I continued to expand, I had the opportunity to decide whether I, want, I wanted to take it full-time or not. And uh, I really was debating because at the time it was really more like a hobby. It was something I did in my spare time. And though it was making money, it wasn't, it wasn't making enough to sustain me. So I, I really wasn't thinking about, you know, pursuing it full-time until the opportunity came. And I really had to decide, do I think I can grow this business to something that, you know, that, that can, you know, reach its potential. So I went ahead and did that, and the first thing I did is I started to expand out to other organizations. And when I did that, the cane wasn't an option for other organizations, so I had to target other um, opportunities within those organizations. So I really started to focus on the apparel. And then after I got uh, a lot of customers coming to me for apparel, I expanded out to a lot of accessories. So going back to the car accessories, you know, license plates, little stickers for your car, different things like that. And that's where I've taken the business now. It's where I offer many organizations a variety of things. Mm. So it, it pretty much um, started off as a hobby, I would say. So after you pledged Kappa, you're excited. You're like, you know what, I'm, let me try wrapping some canes up. And then it caught the eye of a couple people. So that there, you kind of knew, like, oh, snap, this is an opportunity here. You know, I can – perhaps make some money off of this if, if the if demand is there. And so you start making these canes and um, you realize the demand started growing more and you decide to experiment. Hey, why not make a, a website? It might, you know, might not be the best looking website out there, but hey, at least I'm going to do something and, and take some action. And then I just continue to snowball and snowball to the point where you have a prof- profitable online business. That's, that's pretty awesome, man, because um. I know a lot of people, like even some of my family members, um, like my mom in particular, like she likes to uh, make homemade soap. She just makes homemade soap because she just prefers that, um, prefers to make her own soap because it's no uh, chemicals or, I don't know, preservatives. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know. That sounds like some food or something. I don't know what she put in them. So, no, I, but she just prefers to be natural. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. And, uh, and she's starting to, you know, like really make it. And some people are like inquiring. Like some of my friends are like, "Hey, can your mom make me some soap? Hey, can your mom make me some soap?" I'm like, "Mom, you should perhaps roll down to a business, like you said, get a website out and just try to do something with that." Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, that's really... cool, man. That's cool. So, um, now, if you, when you start going on this process, right, on having your online business. What were some of the hurdles that you you faced, and how did you overcome them? Well, I, I hit several hurdles because in starting an online business, though it's online, I, I deal with a lot of inventory. Um, so I have basically two facets to the business. I have the online side, which deals with the marketing, the website, the creating of the sales, you know, all of that. And then I have the back end, which, you know, has to fulfill those orders and make sure that we are able to, you know, manage that end as well. So I had growing spurts with both. Um, Online, it was a couple of different things. One, my business started right around the time of social media. So right as Facebook was coming into play, um, right, you know, a few years later, different other social media 
um, channels came into play. So I was fortunate enough to be able to use social media almost the entire time or, or the life of my business. Um, so as far as the, the marketing, I didn't have a lot of hurdles until I decided I wanted to step into something new. So I say, like, I started off by offering, well, posting a lot of different things on Facebook. Well, when Facebook started to change and they wanted businesses to go ahead and, and create business pages instead of using personal pages, I had a growing curve with that. I had to go on and change over to um, the business pages and started paying for advertising instead of using personal pages to target customers. So, you know, it was a small growing curve with that. Um, as far as on the back end, um, the biggest thing is as sales grew, the, I had to realize how much time it takes to prepare a package for a customer. Like a lot of times people don't realize how much time it really does take to, to, to box up and make sure that you have everything. And that doesn't include the time it actually takes to manufacture what it is you're, whatever it is you're, you're applying or, or selling. If you now, I assume you were doing everything yourself. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Well, I do have people that help in small um, facets, but the majority of the things I do myself, yes. Okay. But, but initially, maybe that could have been a hurdle with, um, as business started to pick up, it was kind of hard to keep up with the man, being that you were a one-man show? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it's still one of the things that I'm working on as I'm expanding the business now um, is finding the balance of me dictating to other people what needs to be done and to make sure that they can do it. So that's, that's one of the things I'm learning. Outsourcing. Right. Outsourcing. That's you're you're going to hit your wall. I definitely want to remind people of that. And if you plan on being the only person working your business, you have to know that your business is limited by that. So the goal is to always have your at least your business be able to be run by somebody else, even if you still choose to run it. You still want to have someone else who can step in and keep the business running the same way that you want it, even if you're not there for whatever reason. So, yeah, that's, that's true because that's what entrepreneurship is, is all about. It's about you know, you being that synergistic glue that brings all the pieces together. If you just think about just you, you know, your your business will be as, as small as you are, so to speak, because your your time is finite. Right. And being that your time is finite, you can do everything yourself, and you'll be missing out on new customers. I see that stuff all the time on Shark Tank, man. Like some people are there, um, like Robert Kiyosaki says in the um, Cash Flow Court Quadrant, some people are just in that S quadrant, man. They want to start their own business, a small business, small business yeah. and they think small. Yep, they, they think more so like a specialist, you know. Like if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. Yep. No one can do it better yep. than me. I got to be able to handle this because I'm the best at it. And they don't trust, that's the key thing, they don't trust mm -hmm that anyone else can do it as good or even better than they can do it. So they kind of remain small, you know, mom and pop type of you know, establishment. And I, um, I, think, I think during this, at this time period, it, it hinders you to think small as a, a potential business owner. If you're thinking about just what you can do, you, you have to look at the trends and how fast things are changing. And though you might be the best at something right now, this life is changing so fast right now with the, the with technology and whatnot that you can't expect for whatever it is that you do at your best to be relevant. You know, even maybe even ten years from now, you know, things are changing so fast. And so I, I think that's why you have to start thinking about how other people can be brought into um, this equation of your business, so that when you are, you know, when you do face having to change things and going direction to keep the business growing, you're ready to. 
because we get so one-sided if you're the only person who is, you know, dictating everything. Right. And you, you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, you were using uh, social media, you know, mm-hmm. like um, early on in your business, which was a free way of advertising online, which I advise many uh, people starting out, you know, with their own online business to, you know, follow that route. But, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you come to a point where you think you plateaued and you said, hey, let me try new things, let me see if I can experiment with any type of paid advertising or instead of just using Facebook, let me explore other um, social media channels? Absolutely. Um, I've, I've, had a, I've had a business plateau. I've had it regress in certain ways, and, you know, I've had it expand in others. So um, it, it, I guess as far as the, the expansion of it, it's expanded in ways I didn't expect it to, but it also has had the businesses plateaued in ways that I really thought, well, I'll give you an example. I started off selling the canes initially for the business. Well, when that was the best seller, I expected that to continue to be the best seller. And now as I get into other things, that the business is being dominated by uh, people wanting to buy additional um, objects, you know, additional items. And because of that, my sales on one category have plateaued. The, the, the sales on the canes, it's, 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 it is what it is at this point. And now other things are starting to dominate it. So instead of my marketing being towards the canes, I'm changing my marketing to other things. So that's why I say the business has regressed in some ways because now I'm not selling as many of the canes as I used to, but I'm selling more of the apparel things that I'm offering. And because of that, the business is changing, but the business is growing because I, wherever I see a demand, that's where I go. It doesn't matter where it is. If people want it, I'm going to find that, that desire and I'm going to feed it. And so that's why I don't really worry about the ups and downs of the business because if I see one thing going down, if one product or um, line is not desired, either I need to change something with the line or I need to start focusing on going to something else that people are desiring. And that's just how I look at it. So, yeah, the business is plateaued in many different ways, but as soon as it does, I start to look for other opportunities to continue the business and trending upward. You start uh, sniffing other opportunities. It's kind of like that book. I'm not sure if you read it, Who Moved My Cheese? I haven't, no. Okay, he talks about that exactly, where uh, there's four individuals. um, There's like two little people and two mice or whatever. And Sniff was the guy who was able to sniff where the cheese is being moved. And then he would try to find his way through the maze to, to, to find the cheese. Meanwhile, the other two humans, they would keep coming, doing the same thing over and over, and realize their, te- their cheese is being depleted, and they don't know what's happening with it. And then one day they just show up, and the cheese is gone. And they just sit there in the maze, like, dejected, because they don't know who moved their cheese. But meanwhile, the mice... They keep sniffing for change. Like, oh, I see that the cheese is no longer here. Like Cane's in, in, this, in, your, in this analogy, it actually moved to um, women's apparel with a different sorority that you're not even a member of. Right. You know, you're just being able to move with the change. So yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a good point. Um, also, yeah, want to make like- mention when you were talking, too, you made some um, really good points about um, – you know, uh, starting out and how, you know, you're, you're going one way, you know, you're working, you have one foot 
in your new business, right? I'm sure you enjoyed it, you know, something you may be passionate about, but you had another foot and uh, maybe you were an employee somewhere, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. When did it come to, or when did you make that decision or how did you come about making this decision when it's like, you know what, I need both feet in my online business? I can no longer balance the two. Well, the, 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 that, that, la, that landmark for me, um, I, I had been a teacher. I was teaching kindergarten and first grade. And when I started teaching, I always knew just from as a child that I wanted to have all business. And I wasn't sure when I was really going to pursue it full time, but that's always been a goal of mine. So I, I always knew that was going to happen. But while I was teaching, you know, that was paying the bills, and I enjoyed uh, a lot uh, of different aspects of teaching, but it wasn't giving me enough. Like, I wanted more. Like, I really desire, I enjoy being outdoors and, and being free, having free time. And being a teacher, you know, 7, 15 in the morning, I was there, and I wasn't going to leave until, you know, around 3.30 at the earliest. And I, I wanted more flexibility in my day. So after I taught for three years, I asked myself, are you ready? You know, do you really want to pursue a business that at the current time, is not making enough to fulfill all your needs, do you want to try and see if you can do it? And I knew I could. I knew I, I wasn't focusing and, and, and I hadn't expanded the business in the ways that I could. But at, at that time, I, didn't, I couldn't say for sure that it was going to be a success, but I believed it would be. And I, I just decided to go for it. I was at a point where I just knew I could do it, and I did. That was it. Um, once I, I made that decision, I started to expand it to different organizations. And, of course, there's been learning curves throughout all of it. Um, but uh, I pretty much executed the plan that I wanted to execute. Yeah, congrats on that, man, first and foremost. I'm glad that you actually uh, took the leap in that in this um, somewhat uncharted territory. Man, I know you had three years' experience, but... Mm-hmm. It's, it's just it's still uncharted because it's still like it, it's not the norm of what most people do, or um, you might not be used to just relying on that source of income. And I, I really, uh, I really mean that when I say congratulations, man. Because uh, like pe- people need to understand, like listeners, you need to pretty much understand this that if you continue to um, like what does it say? Um, you can't serve two masters. You either love one or hate the other. You'll be faithful to one or you'll despise the other. Like, you cannot have two masters. It comes to a point where you cannot be faithful and devoted to your business and be the same way towards your employer or to your boss. Right. Because it'll come to a point where you're trying to juggle the two and you're going to be dropping the ball in certain areas. And you don't want to have to drop the ball when it comes to your business. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, and that's, it's kind of like you, you have to, and then when you finally cross over and do business full-time, now it's like, now it's time for me to get serious. Now you're like laser focused. Right. Because now you, you got people like, oh, Jabbar, I can't believe you did that. And it's right. like you want to prove them wrong and say, you know what, I'm going to succeed. Yeah. I know you're, you're expecting, right. uh, I told you so, I told you so to stay at that teaching job. It had good benefits. You know what I'm saying? You got automatic raises. You know what I'm saying? The, the kids ain't that bad. I mean, at least you get summer off. You might get the winter break off too, blah, blah, blah. But you're like, you know what? Forget all these benefits. Forget all this, you know, people watching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based upon their society's norms, they expect me to have a day job. Screw all that. 
I'm going to do this. I'm just going to jump in and hopefully swim. Yeah, and I'm glad I did. Truly glad I did. Because, yeah, it does come to that point where you have to ask yourself, um, you know, what's most important? And for me, what was most important is to to begin the process of freeing myself from, um, you know, being constrained by other people's um, decisions. So I don't want anyone to be able to dictate certain things for me. And so that was my motivating factor. And you have to have that why. You have to know why you're doing whatever it is you're doing, specifically about business. You need to have a desire that is fueled by something. And normally you can find that in the why. And if you do have that, uh, whenever times get tough, which they will, whenever, you know, you do hit obstacles, um, you make sure you find a way to overcome them over instead of being, you know, run over by the obstacle and not being able to overcome it. So, you know, make sure you, you have a good why as you're beginning a process um, in, in whatever it is, regardless if it's a business or not, and that why will drive you. A lot of times I know it drives me because every time I'm able to, to take a second and go stand up and go walk outside whenever I want to, you know, I can come back in and sit on the computer for another three hours if I need to. I can I can do whatever it is that that is required of my business, um, just because I know I'm I'm giving myself opportunities, and those opportunities are only going to grow the harder I work. So. Yeah, it's kind of like you want to be the guy who's looking forward to Mondays and not looking forward to Fridays. Yeah. Because yeah. and most people who work for a day job is the opposite. They hate Mondays. Right. They dread it, but when Friday right. comes around, that's when they want to turn up, you know, because they get a break from work for two days. But it's like you want to be the opposite. If you're actually doing what you're passionate about, if you feel like you're providing value to people or you're fulfilling your purpose, you know, whatever your why is, it's like I look forward to Monday because I want to work. Like, dang, man, it's Friday, man, people are going to be off. Like, people don't want to answer the phone and do business, blah, blah, blah. It's like yeah, let me- opposite. And um, I just also want to make another point about uh, when I was saying about you, you know, making that leap. Because um, mm-hmm. this is uh, it's another thing people need to know is about the opportunity cost. Yeah. Like you're you're robbing your business by focusing on someone else's um, on another man's business. You know, your mm-hmm. employer, your boss. You're yeah. robbing your own business from its success. You're also robbing. Um, customers for the value that they are supposed to be receiving, but they can't receive it because you don't have the time to devote it, being that you work a nine-to-five. And one of my good friends, Brandon, he's a uh, wholesaler in real estate, you know, um, doing really good. He's very great with uh, marketing, and he's he's like a network genius and really great at, uh, like I mentioned, marketing and things like that. Long story short, he had a job with Apple, working for home. So most people say, man, that's a decent job. You work for Apple, getting paid good money, and you work from home. Right. However, it came to a point, you know, being that he's a wholesaler, he wanted to meet with a seller to get this excellent deal at a huge discounted price. Okay. So he got out, off the phone with the seller, and, and the seller was like, all right, if you come to my house now, I'll sign the, the contract and give me $10 for consideration or what have you, and mm-hmm. I'll let you purchase this property. So you can wholesale it to an end buyer, like to a flipper. Mm-hmm. And this dude couldn't go because he had to work at Apple. Mm-hmm. And so this dude, because another wholesaler, wholesaler beat him to the punch, 
this dude missed out on $8,000 just so he can make, I don't, I'm just guessing here, I don't know how much he makes, but yeah. let's say it's 20 bucks, 20 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the opportunity cost, man. That's It's like you're, you're um, jumping over dollars to pick up pennies. Right. And that's yeah. exactly yeah. what he experienced. Yeah. You, people, you, you do the same thing when you um, don't make that leap. Yeah, that's, that's that's definitely true. Because when you're when you're working for yourself, or or you have a business, the business even if it's slowly growing, if you continue to grow it, it has to to do better than than when you're working for someone else. Like at some point, it simply will, as long as you continue to make it grow. And when it does, that's when you kind of realize, like, wow, I can step past that. I'm not limited by the the earnings that someone else dictates for me. And when you when you get to that point, that's when the, the light bulb comes on and say, hey, you know, before that, you, you're, you're skeptical because you don't know if you can really do it, whatever. But once you hit that point where, hey, I've made more than I was making doing whatever it is I was doing, and now let's see how much further I can take it, you know, it's, it's really a, a comforting feeling. A lot of people are scared to get to that point. But once you get to it, it's it's not bad at all. You know, it's something that you actually enjoy knowing, like, hey, I'm doing better than I was doing it's just time for me to take it even further, and that's on me. And I and I, I personally like that responsibility of knowing, like, hey, if I do well or if I don't, it's all on me, and I'll take that, you know. Right, right. All right. So, um, I guess enough about this feel good stuff. Let's get into some some technical stuff. Um, I want to ask you about when you said that, um, you know, when your your sales started to pick up. What uh, specifically did you do to increase your sales with your business? Like, what if you had to think about what steps you took that really catapulted it to the next level? Well, I have the I had to start expanding how I was going to get to the people that I was marketing to. For a while, I was just using my first Facebook pages, and that was limiting me to whoever was friends with me on those pages. And though I had a couple of different ones. I still was limited. Um, once I started changing how I focused my my advertising, my product was strong enough that once people saw it, they were interested in it. So it wasn't that side of it that I had to really focus on. I had to focus on the marketing. Once I got the marketing in place, once the the people were being targeted, you know, anybody who was online, I wanted to see if I could get them to come to my website. So that's, that's one of my goals still. So as I'm targeting trying to get different people, I'm asking myself, all right, what would a you know, a forty year old man be looking for online and I want to be advertised there. And if if a young lady who's just crossed at a certain age, you know, in her early twenties is looking for something, where would she be online? So I have to say, all right, not only am I going to do the, the advertising platforms that I'm comfortable with, which is Facebook and like that, I have to step into Instagram and I have to step into Twitter and I have to step into some of the things that I might not be interested in so that I can target people who still are interested in my products because my goal is to get as many people to my website as I can. So once I started to step outside of my, my regular um, advertising platforms and started to step into um, new ones, uh, that's when things really started to take off for me. So you, um, for one, you determine like who was your uh, the demographic, people who would be interested in your product and your business. And right. two, once you find out who those people were, you figure out where are their eyeballs at. Are they on Instagram? Are they on this website? Are they blah, blah, blah? And then three, your goal was to 
drive their eyeballs from that, whatever their, their eyeballs are at, to your website. Yep, absolutely. All right, cool. Did that include uh, paid advertising, or was this, or was it still uh, free advertising? Oh no, you, I, I definitely pay for advertising. Um, Facebook has one of the best targeted marketing programs I've ever seen. Um, you can narrow your advertising on Facebook to very specific um, areas. You can choose your city, uh, you can choose zip codes or whatever, or you can choose by gender, you can choose their interest. So if a person has on their page that they are interested in a specific, for me, organization, or they say they are interested in, you know, I like clothing, I like shopping. That's one of my hobbies. If I want to target shoppers as my customers, I can do that, you know, if you really use the targeting systems that Facebook has. So, yeah, Facebook will allow you to, to market to a large group of people very specifically. Um, but beyond that, yeah, well, they have a lot of different ones that you can pay per click, um, Google, Yahoo, um, pretty much all of the online um, search engines offer some type of advertising that you can pay for to move yourself up in their, in their rankings. Um, so I use those as well. And they, they really pay off, especially if you get deep into the details of it and you learn when to use them and when to spend more on them. You know, when, when the most people are looking for them and that's when you really drive people to the site, it can be really beneficial. And what would you say would be like your top three nowadays, whether it's paid or free, your, your top three um, advertising methods that, that bring most, that convert to sales for your, for your site? Number one would probably be Google. Number two would be Facebook. And um, number three, this business, since it's online, I, I target more people than I talk to. So, like, a lot of people think about, you know, your, your networking as being a major driver, you know, help you drive the business. And though I definitely think it can and it has for me, I just don't talk to that many people to get the word of mouth side expanding at the speed that I would want it to. So all of my, the, the majority of the business that comes for me is all based on how hard I'm working on this computer and how many people I'm getting their eyes on something I'm doing on the computer. So it's definitely Google and Facebook are the first two. That third one, um, um, it, it really depends. Sometimes it's Instagram. Um, sometimes it's Twitter. Um, it, it, it really just depends on what's the buzz and which age group I'm, I'm hitting. Um, most recently coming out of this Christmas season, the majority of the people who were buying were buying gifts for other people. So I had parents buying gifts, so I was targeting the older demographics. So I was able to hit them with Facebook versus the younger demographic looking on Instagram and, and different ones like that, Snapchat and whatnot. They weren't buying um, for themselves as much as their parents were buying for them or their boyfriend girlfriends were buying for them. So it's it just I was targeting a different demographic um, during this season. So Facebook and Google did the, the best job for that. But when people are crossing in the spring, you know, it's, it's a younger group of people. So that you have older people buying gifts again. You have a younger group who want to buy for themselves, and that's when you target them with some of the, the things that they focus in on. That's, man, that should be like a quote in the Bible or something, man, like know thy customer yeah, or something exactly. like that, bro. Because that, that's, that's what it sounds like you're saying. You just got to know your customer. You have to know your demographic and just exactly. market to them. So, And it also sounds like to me, Jabari, that the lifeline of your business is marketing. Yeah, it is. Right? So 
without the marketing, no cash will flow into it. Is that is that pretty much accurate? That is correct. That is accurate. If I if I didn't have something bringing people to the website, um, the website though. So I do have a lot of repeat customers, so someone will come to the website, but the majority of the visits that my website receives every day are new people who are being introduced to what it is that I'm offering. And so, yeah, I want to keep getting more and more new people, so that raises the amount of um, repeat customers I have, which, you know, all in all continues to help grow the business. But, yeah, I want new people to see it, so, yeah, I have to target them various different ways. And how much time would you say that you spend in, um, a day or a week on marketing slash advertising? Well, I don't spend as much time as I could because I'm, I'm taking to grow the business. I am focusing on some other things, like I'm stepping outside of just the online uh, realm moving forward. So I'm going to have some other avenues dealing with the business I'm be focusing on. So that I'm not going to spend as much time as I used to. Um, I, was, I, I used to spend about two hours a day on the marketing, and that does not include the time that I, I, I've already spent setting up the Google AdWords, so that works without you having to do anything. Once you set it up and say how much you want to spend on whatever ads you've set up, that's going to work for you, period. So you don't even have to go back and, and work on that. Um, so that's working for me every day. I used to go in and, and post specific posts on my, my pages, and I would um, go in and, and do the same thing basically on Instagram. And I would always spend around two hours a day doing that on various times of the day, posting different things um, to try and, you know, keep the attention of people wanting to know what's going on and on what we have posted. So about two hours a day. But that was really any day that I wanted marketing to go out, I was going to spend about two hours a day doing it. Um, so some weeks that was every week. Some weeks that was, you know, three days a week. It just depends on how busy I was doing other things. Um, Right, yeah. right. So, you would you also advise people starting out with their own online business at minimum two hours a day? Well, I think you you have to know what is most important for your business. So, for me, marketing is extremely important. But, but like I was saying, that the Google AdWords have once you set them up, they're working anyway. So. I would see more results from the Google AdWords than I would from me working two hours. So you have to do your due diligence and learning what's going to work hardest for you and making sure that's in place with the marketing. So if you know your customers on Instagram, you need to set up a Hootsuite account or you need to set up something that can get it to where you work at a certain period of time to set it up to where it's posting all day for you as you want it to post instead of you spending all day long doing it. Because I, I don't want to advise someone to spend you know, as much time as you can working on marketing when you really don't have to do that. You need to, to spend as much time focused on expanding your opportunity. So if you're really, if you know what you're trying to do with your marketing, you just need to spend time getting that in place. And once it's in place, it's to do what you want it to do. Um, but if you're trying to do it all again and you want to have, you want to be the person posting everything and you want to be the reason why your business is expanding, um, you, you're just going to be limited. So, yeah, marketing is extremely important, but it doesn't mean it's got to take up all of your time. You know, you can, once you set it up right, you should be able to, to move forward. Now, in the very beginning, you're not going to spend that time setting it up. You're going to spend that time learning your customer because a lot of times you think your customer is one thing and it turns out it's not. You know, even though you might be selling cupcakes or whatnot, it might not be the person who is actually going to eat the cupcake you end up marketing to. It might be the person who's buying it as a gift for that person or whatever the case may be. So you, you have to figure out who's actually one of them 
going to be the person who's going to be buying it. Once you figure that out, then you target your marketing, and uh, I think you should be successful. Yeah, it just goes back to what you said earlier about um, pretty much outsourcing. So it's not really just, you know, I'm going to just devote two hours and just doing this. It's like, well, how can I make better use of my time and what's, what's really needed for my business right now? Because a lot of those activities you can outsource. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if you ever heard the show The Profit. You ever watch that show on CNBC? Say that again. What's the name of it? The, the Profit. It's a show on CNBC called The Profit by um, the host of Marcus Limonis. He's like a, uh, a serial entrepreneur who helps failing businesses. Okay. Well, um, well, there's one episode where uh, this lady had three stores. She sold jeans and things of that nature, all that type of paraphernalia, like blue jeans and stuff. And um, her store started closing down. She expanded quickly, and she didn't do her due diligence. She didn't know her customer, and people weren't buying, wasn't making any sales. Now she downsized down to three. So Marcus Lamonis comes in to save the day. So he goes to one of their uh, locations in Chicago. It's in downtown uh, Chicago. And uh, he, Marcus asked the, uh, the employees who worked there while the owner was there. Because Marcus, he, he invested to become a part owner, but he's 100% in charge. So he's uh, asking one of the employees, hey, who's our main demographic? Who buys? Who, who are our main demographic ones? Or who was our main demographic, our main customer? And the owner interjected, even though he asked it to an employee, the owner interjected, said, oh, it's someone like me, you know, like a soccer mom, um, late 40s, early 50s, um, probably drives a, a minivan and blah, blah, blah. And then the employee looks at her like, even though, you know, this is the owner, the employee looks at her like, no, right. we're in downtown Chicago. Our main customer is, is young females in their 20s. Yeah. And, and then Marcus is like, really? He's like, yeah. Like, go outside and look. These are the women who come in here, and then when they come in and see the inventory we have, they walk right out. So he's like, hold on. So point out all the things that this demographic would not buy. Pretty much the whole inventory got cleared out. Just like that. And he's like, you know what, we have to get total new inventory to fit our demographic. So that's the reason why that lady's businesses were failing. She was downsizing because she didn't live in downtown Chicago. She lived somewhere else, some other suburb in another city. But she just figured that all her clients would be just like her. Right, right. No, you definitely got to do that research. And you have to know that even after you started selling and, you know, you have customers that as you grow, more and more people are going to come. So the people who started off looking at your stuff may not be the people who end up looking at it as you grow it. So got to be aware of your, your customers. All right. Do you have any uh, advice for beginners who's getting started with um, online marketing, online business? Um, well, I think the first thing is that you have to, to know that every business goes through its ups and downs. Like you can't expect it just to just take off and just everything be wonderful forever. Like at some point you're going to face some adversity. And as long as you understand and know it's coming and you prepare for it and, and you overcome it, you're able to move forward with the business. So I always like to keep my businesses moving forward. Like that's the, the main goal of the business is that it never gets stagnant. It has to be prepared to change in whatever way 
it needs to change to keep going. And um, I think that you have to be aware of what's going on in our communities and what's going on online. Like right now, online sales are up. So you need to be aware of that. So that's why I am focused, this business is focused so hard on online sales, but I also have other opportunities. And you have to keep your eyes open as a business owner and say, hey, as a business owner, and say, hey, if, if, if something else is going to pay me good money, regardless of what it is, I need to look at it at least. And if I decide I want to pursue it, then I may have to step away from what I thought was going to make me money for this business and start pursuing something else that can do, that can make the business move in the direction I want it to move even faster. So you have to keep your eyes open as a, as a person who's entering a new business. And I think those are the main things. Just be ready to overcome obstacles and keep your eyes open for opportunities. That's a good point. Um, starting out with 100% finance, you know, with a real estate background, I realized, kind of like how you said, people start, um, you know, locking your canes and wanting to, to learn more about it and perhaps make a purchase. So it's kind of the same thing. So I was using um, creative ways to uh, finance my real estate deals, and I started buying properties like every month. Every month I was like buying a property. I was closing, mm-hmm. and um, and it were like multifamily too. And uh, so I was in you know networking in, in many different um, events in New York City, and pretty much all my friends. Then and even now are pretty much business people. That's who I primarily hang out with, like mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. Sure, I still hang out with with Steve, you know Steve Jabari and uh, Ryan, you know Lil Ryan. Right, I still right. hang out with them, um, you know, like maybe uh, a Super Bowl Sunday or or something like that. But it's like my real friends are business people. So as I was closing these deals. Uh, I realized some of my friends would say, hey, you want to go hang out? I'm like, sure, let's go hang out. So I'm thinking we're going to go hang out, maybe talk to some young ladies, maybe watch the game or what have you, mm-hmm. talk about sports, current events, whatever was going on. But it was really just inviting me out just to, to pick my brain. Yo, how'd you, how were you able to get business credit? Hey, how were you able to get your credit um, fixed? Hey, how were you able to do this deal uh, with no down payment? And then I realized, like, man, that's a need. So even though I didn't have a uh, physical product, I was like, I had an intellectual product. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, a lot of people were, um, they want to learn more about this. So I'm like, well, if this is a market here, I need to leverage this. So that's when I decided to create a, um, an e-book on the website. So I thought, okay, what I would do is um, create a website, just focus on teaching people how to get real estate 100% finance, meaning, you know, no money down, so to speak. And then I started to realize um, when I started marketing, I, I was like, well, let me do YouTube videos because I'd rather do a video than write a long, boring article. You know, no offense to people who write articles, it's just, just not me. And I'm like, I'd rather do a YouTube video or talk on a podcast like we're doing now than be on Twitter all day. It's just easier for me just to speak, you know. And so I started putting some, some content out there, and I put my phone number out there. So I can get feedback from people. And then people will call me, and I would just pick their brain. So, of course, they will call about a, a real estate-related question, so I would give them you know, their answer for free, so free coaching pretty much. But then I start to figure out exactly who my client was, the person who was actually visiting my website, visiting all my social media channels, and it, you know, uh, I potentially start creating a product for them. 
So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so what questions do you have? Oh, about business credit. Okay, that would be a chapter in my ebook. Oh, about multifamily investing. Oh, that would be another chapter in my ebook. Oh, I had a question about credit repair. Okay, well, let me create a credit repair ebook. Yeah. So then I really just kept my ear. I put my phone number out there. Now I'm trying to delete my phone number because it's all over YouTube now. So I'm trying to <laughs> slim down now. But in the beginning, I think that's one of the best thing I did just to be able to really find out who your customer was and create a product. So I originally thought it would just be real estate and I could help people with uh, business credit. But then I realized through talking to people, people want credit repair or people want trade lines or people want to start their own credit repair business and want to learn how to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Or people, now I'm listening, like, or people want to have additional money by being an affiliate, but they might want to have some education first on online marketing, on having an online business. Yeah. You know. And that, just as you're saying, like you, you can get so much advice on a lot of different things online. Like as you hit hurdles, you know, technology is so wonderful that the same things, the questions that we have, so many other people are having them, you can find the answers online. And just maybe 15 years ago, you know, that wasn't the case. You know, people weren't using technology in the ways that we use them now. So you really can get so many questions answered just by going online, you know, tuning the podcast, just searching, you know, just looking for, for whatever answers you might need. They're out there. Uh, do you have any, because um, I know you talked a little bit about uh, some of your things that, some of the things you use to bring uh, traffic to your site, such as Google AdWords, you said pay-per-click, you said Facebook ads, you said, um, was it Hootsuite? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Hootsuite, yes. Yeah. Is there any books that you recommend? So, like, if a person wants to inquire and learn more, like you say, hey, you need to read these three books or what have you. You know, I, I the majority of the marketing I've done has just been based on what I've seen work. So if I see, if I'm online and I see someone else who has a lot of followers, I kind of try and do something similar to them. So I've read various different books, but a lot of them don't focus on the marketing that's necessary for, you know, the, the business. The business, the, the books that I normally read deal with the overall growing the business, so they don't really, you know, the marketing section isn't as strong. So I don't know of any marketing-related books. However, I will say that there are all kinds of little pamphlets about specific things that you need. So if you go to your local library, um, instead of searching for a book that might just be a general business book, if you find, if you're able to find, um, you know, something that, that is, hey, how to target a, uh, your audience or how to um, advertise online or what, whatever it might be, they have a lot of great pamphlets that, in a short read you can get a lot of good information and you can get them at your local library lots of times. Okay, great. Great. All right. Um, so any uh, final words, words of encouragement before well, we sign uh, out? I just say, I just say for, for anyone who is interested in pursuing a business, start doing your homework. Don't jump into it until you have an idea of what it is that you're going to do. But once you, you do jump into it, go for it. There's no reason to Hold yourself back. A lot of people do that. So say it. just go for it. All right, great. And which website, one more time, because I know we, we do have some um, followers who are Greek and or might know someone who's Greek. So if they want to reach out to you or buy a product at your website, what they need to do? Absolutely. Please go to GreekDynasty.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at GreekDynasty, on Facebook at hashtag, excuse me, at um, Facebook. Backslash Greek Dynasty. So definitely just check us out online. 
Um, if you have any questions, you can email us at GreekDynasty at Yahoo, excuse me, at GreekDynasty at gmail.com. And that's probably the best way to get in contact with us. All right, great, great. So if you guys are interested in starting your own online business as well, and um, you would like to get some education on uh, marketing, you can go to uh, 100percentfinance.com. And at the bottom right-hand corner of the webpage, the homepage, you'll see a uh, white link that says Become an Affiliate. So if you're interested in uh, starting your own online business, but you might not have a product that you have to sell at the time, why not resell our products? That's, that's a huge business of just being an affiliate marketer. Easy money. All thing you just have to do is just follow the process and put the time in. That's pretty much it. It's just like buying into a franchise. Someone else figured out the hard work, and the only thing you have to do is just follow the process. Just follow the system. All right? But thanks, Jabari. I appreciate your time, bro. And uh, I'm go ahead. I was saying it's a pleasure. Oh, thanks, man. And uh, I always like to end with my tagline. You know, as always, this is to your success. Earn passively, live passionately. All right, thanks, guys.